Dear sports fans, elevate your game to the next level with a Toyota truck. Drive the crowd favorite Tacoma. This versatile playmaker is ready to own the weekend. Choose the tailgating MVP, the Toyota Tundra. This is one vehicle that comes up clutch. Or ride in the adventurous 4Runner, a true champion on and off the road. Whichever truck you choose, you're getting a real winner. Come join the team of champions, Toyota Trucks. Visit Toyota.com to learn more or check out your local Toyota dealership today. Toyota, let's go places. What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about Davidson's, which has two locations, one in Centennial and one in Highlands Ranch. These guys are locally owned and have a massive selection and carry our favorite Breck Brews. And guys, they know everything when it comes to alcohol and they have everything when it comes to alcohol. And the awesome thing is their sales floor is back up and running, but you can still get delivery from them or curbside delivery. So they've got it all not just the ways it can be delivered to you but everything you could ever want including the delicious 15 can sampler from breck brew delivered straight to your door so make sure to download their app today sign up for their loyalty program and get all of the incredible deals and knowledge that they have on their app guys that is davidson's all right mace let's jump into the show Welcome to the DNVR Broncos podcast. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my main man, Andrew Mason, Brian Koningsberg, on assignment today. And guys, before we hop in the show, I got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. Guys, MSU Denver puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. So whether you just want one class to learn on something, whether you want to study a subject, you can do that. Whether you want to finish your degree, you can do that through MSU Denver, or whether you want to start and get a degree, you can do that through MSU Denver online. And the awesome thing is so many people of you uh, that roll with us are right here in Colorado. Well, you know all about MSU Denver and MSU Denver online, but for those that are overseas, out of state, you guys can take advantage of this too. And how you do it is go to msudenver.edu slash online to see all they have to offer, including over 40 online hybrid programs and 750 classes. Seriously, anything you want to learn about, they've got it. So check them out. msudenver.edu slash online. My boy, Mace. Hey, hey how are you? How you doing, Mace? Oh, so far so good. Just ducky, just peachy. <laughs> Enjoying a beautiful Wednesday, a warm Wednesday here in the Mile High City. Well, I gotta say, <laughs> you uh, start to the day. You told me right before the pod that you're a little sleep deprived, but Mace, you don't look it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. But uh, you know, we're not exactly doing with the uh, most up close of cameras here on Zoom <laughs> on the uh, Zoom conference. I suppose I could get closer here maybe you could see the bags underneath my eyes perhaps <laughs> because when you have a puppy sometimes they want to take care of their business at a time when you'd rather be sleeping and that's what's <laughs> happened a couple of times in recent days but you know it's 
part of the learning process. It's uh, something you sign up and you bring a new puppy into the house. She'll learn. I just, the thing that killed me though last night was this was actually in the evening, not overnight. She starts doing the little sniff around. And you know, sometimes when the dogs are really sniffing the ground that they're about to take care of some business. <laughs> so I see her during the, doing the sniff around upstairs and I'm thinking, oh shoot, okay. So I pick her up and I take her outside. But what happens is I've already turned the security alarm on. So I open the door and place her slightly outside and then go turn off the alarm because I don't want the police to come running down and thinking, hey, somebody's breaking into your house. What's going on? And Ruby has wandered back inside and she leaves a little present on the rug right no. by the kitchen table. Oh, no. So she went back inside oh, no. to take a poop. That guess, killed me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, I guess you can, you can lead a dog to the outside, but you can't make them use it as their bathroom, huh? Yep, you can lead a dog to the proper pooping spot. You can't make them poop there. They're going to poop wherever they want at that point. So, oh, man. We've got the cleaner handy. We're cleaning up some messes right now, but that's okay. <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad glad to hear that, that it's going well with uh, a poop here and there. And Mace, <laughs> the news in Broncos country yesterday Prince Amukamara has signed in the AFC West. Oh, but it's with the Oakland Raiders. And I know a lot of you, that was just salt on the wound that the Broncos didn't sign him and that he went to the Oakland Raiders. Mace, when you saw that, what was your first thought? My first thought was thinking back to how he had gone unsigned for. Over two months, because remember, the Bears cut him back in February. Yep. And thinking to myself, we all probably misjudged the Broncos' interest, and specifically the interest of Vic Bangio in his former cornerback from Chicago. Maybe we just assumed that he was going to be there if needed, but if Vic Bangio had really wanted Prince Amukamara he would have signed him no later than right after the draft. Yep. Once you got through the draft and you didn't pick a cornerback in the first two rounds and then added Michael Ojemudia in the third round, that would have been the moment to add him. But it seems like Vic Fangio is comfortable rolling with what he's got. And this could mean one of any number of things. It could mean that they think Ojemudia is going to be an immediate contributor could mean that they, th they think Bryce Callahan is 100% healthy. The foot is healed. He's ready to go. Could mean that there's a lot of confidence in at least one of those younger guys comprising the depth in the room stepping up. Name your player. Duke Dawson, Shaquille Taylor, Devontae Harris, Isaac Yadam, or, and Devontae Bosby, don't forget about him. Or it could be some combination of all three. And I think it's actually a combination of everything in there that they're, that they're going to get immediate contributions from Ojemudia, that they like what they have in terms of depth in case one of them has to step up. And they feel good about Bryce Callahan's foot. And the only way you're seeing the Broncos add to that room is 
there's a wave of injuries when you get to training camp. But that said, you look at what the Broncos brought in later on last year, and they got some inconsistent performances to be true. But Duke Dawson got better as the season went on. Devontae Harris had some flashes. You definitely want to forget about that Minnesota game, of course, for him. Isaac Yadam played better late than he did early. And Devontae Bosby, if he's healthy coming off that neck injury, he's somebody you might be able to trust as a number three cornerback. So I think Vic Fangio and Ed Donatel feel much better about the cornerback core than a lot of us in the talking head category of Broncos country. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Mason, that the first thing I thought of when I saw that Prince signed with the Raiders was, wow, Prince realized that the Broncos weren't going to sign him. And so to kind of get back at him, he decided to go with the Raiders because my guess is this is not the first offer or interest that Prince has received. But Mace, we've known for for months uh, through some people we've talked to, but also through Prince's Twitter account how much he wanted to join the Broncos. I mean, he's posting on articles about, you know, should the Broncos bring Prince? And he's saying, yes, yes, they should. He really wanted to join the Broncos, wanted to be in Denver, wanted to be reunited with Vic Fangio. So I think the Broncos, in a crazy way, could have got a deal on him, even though it certainly wouldn't have been a hometown deal, maybe a Vic Fangio deal, maybe a a Denver deal, a mile high deal. But who knows what we would have called it because he really wanted to come here. So to me, this says. Vic Fangio had no interest. Now, if the Broncos would have signed him, it would have meant that Vic liked him. Vic signed off on it. But because Vic didn't want him, and he's coached him before, and he probably could have gotten a deal or at least a market value deal on him, it's kind of like laughing in the Raiders' face now for for signing him. Because, Mace, you said it. We've been talking about the Broncos potentially signing Prince Mukamara before free agency then during free agency, then before the draft, then after the draft. I mean, there were so many opportunities to sign him. And one of the guys that knows him the best in this league, Vic Fangio, said, nah, I'm good. Well, what's interesting also about him going to the Raiders is he's going into an exceptionally young cornerback room. You've got Damon Arnett, who they picked in the first round this year. Trayvon Mullen is in the room. Uh, Nick Nelson's the third-year guy. It is a room that needs some leadership, a veteran presence. And the Broncos cornerback room, there may be a lot of questions, but they do have some veteran experience in there. They do have Bryce Callahan, and they did, of course, trade for A.J. Boye back in March. So from Prince of Mukamara's perspective, maybe he was a little hurt by – the Broncos not reaching out to him because clearly, like you mentioned, he wanted to be back with Vic Fangio. But Amukamara may fit something for the Raiders that they don't possess right now at the cornerback position, whereas with the Broncos, they have a couple of veterans. They, on paper, like the idea of going A.J. Boye 1, Bryce Callahan 2, And remember, before Bryce Callahan got hurt last year, they were very comfortable with him being one of the top two cornerbacks and playing every down. That was the plan. Kareem Jackson had already moved to safety by that point. So it was already in place that Callahan was going to be playing extensive reps, even though his background in Chicago was as a slot corner. 
the Broncos do feel better about this position than I think a lot of us in the media do. But I also think Amukamara fills a need for the Raiders that doesn't exist on the Broncos. Right, right. That, that, that's, a, that's a really good point, Mace. Um, and so after the initial thoughts, um, pretty much the, the people were, tell, were talking on Twitter about, okay, uh, we didn't get Prince. Uh, the Broncos need to go out and sign Logan Ryan. They need to sign any veteran cornerback that's still out there. And Mesa, I kind of know uh, how I think you're going to answer this question. But in my mind, not signing Prince, my, my next thought wasn't, okay, who are the free agents still out there? It was, okay, let's look at the depth chart because this mm-hmm. is the cornerback room that the Broncos are going to be rolling with, at least, you know, in, in barring an injury, touch wood. Um, at least something ha- it, until something happens. But Mesa, is that kind of your thought too, or should we be looking at the other available cornerbacks right now? I think you look at the other available cornerbacks once you get to training camp. I think right now, it's roll with what you got. Yep. It's, it's roll the dice that you're going to get a step forward or two from – one or two of those young cornerbacks, the ones that I think they feel good about right now in terms of that room, they obviously feel good about Boyer. They feel good about Callahan as long as he's healthy. They like the potential of Ojemudia, a perfect scheme fit for the Broncos. You can debate whether you might have been able to get him better or get him later or not, but he was a zone cornerback who didn't have the injury concerns that, for example, Bryce Hall out of Virginia did. And then Devontae Bosby showed enough flashes before he suffered that neck injury to where they feel like if his neck holds up and he has good health, that he can be a solid rotational guy. So then you go to Duke Dawson, Isaac Yadam, Devontae Harris, Shaquille Taylor. And you figure... One or two of those four is what you're asking for to step up. And maybe if you have an injury concern with Bosby or Callahan again, maybe one of them has improved to the point where they're going to get extensive reps. One thing that Vic Fangio and Ed Donatel both believe in is their ability to develop young cornerbacks. And they did so successfully in Chicago and Donatel you can go all the way back to when he was in Denver in the 1990s and his role with develop with helping some young players become more than they might have seemed like they could be when they first arrived. They believe very strongly that they can take these raw lumps of clay and find one or two valuable depth pieces at minimum from that room, maybe even somebody who becomes a potential starter. Now you'd say for Isaac Yadam, Maybe it's his last chance uh, going into year three after being a 2018 draft pick. But Duke Dawson, they brought him in. Remember last year, they brought him in right at the start of the season via trade with the Patriots. And they brought in Devontae Harris at the start of the season. So they all, So it's not just that they have confidence in the ability to potentially develop one of those young guys. It's that they have confidence that if worse comes to worse and they have to go out there on the waiver wire, out there on the trade market, that they can find some prospects to take a look at and try to develop that they like. Yep, 
Mesa. They believe very strongly in their ability to do this. Yeah, I think I think you nailed it. And of course, it starts with AJ Boye and Bryce Callahan. Those are your one-two guys if healthy. There's no doubt about that at all. After that, from number three to number eight or nine on the depth chart, the Broncos have ten cornerbacks. I believe three through eight or nine can be any combination of these guys. Now, the only guy I'm truly leaving off is uh, is saying Bassey. Uh, the undrafted rookie cornerback. I don't believe he can be the third cornerback this year. Um, but really, but any of the other guys. He can be one of the last cornerbacks. He can, he can push yep. one of those other guys out. I agree. But all the other guys, Ojemudia, Bosby, Yadam, Dawson, Harris, Holder, Shaquille Taylor, I think any of them can fall anywhere between three through eight or nine or maybe even ten in that case. And, and so, you know, the question, the popular question with quarterbacks is, if you have two quarterbacks, doesn't that mean you have none? And with cornerbacks, maybe it holds true as well. If you have two cornerbacks, you have none. But if you have like seven cornerbacks, I think you can at least have one. And that's what the Broncos really need, really need, is one guy to step up and, and just be a quality third starter. They're not asking for a guy to come out of nowhere and be a lockdown, outside, shutdown cornerback. No, they're not asking that. They, they just need a guy to come in and be a solid third cornerback. Now, I think uh, Michael Ojemudia right now gets that nod because he is, he is the really outside of Bryce Callahan and Boye. He is the Vic Fangio cornerback. Vic Fangio signed off on him. Uh, Vic Fangio had really good things to say about him after the draft. Um, and he is the Vic Fangio guy. These other guys, plenty of talent there. Isaac Adam, third round pick. Duke Dawson, second round pick. Of course, Ojemudia, third round pick. And Devontae Bosby, I love the way he played last year. It's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, how he comes back from a very serious injury. Devontae Harris flashed, and Elijah Holder, the Broncos liked enough to keep around as an undrafted rookie last year. So, Mace, it, it's crazy how wide open this is. But I agree with you. The Broncos um, feel comfortable and confident in their ability uh, to groom and mold cornerbacks, especially with Donatel there. So I think this is the group. This is what they're rolling with. And I think the Broncos face a serious issue if Boye or Callahan gets hurt. I think from, this, from these seven guys, you can find one. I'm not so sure you want to push your luck needing to find two. Yeah, I think you can live with one injury, but not two. And what's interesting, just go back to when Donatel and Fangio were together in Chicago. Did you know the Bears in those four years they drafted one cornerback? Incredible. That is, that's wild. Now, they inherited Kyle Fuller, of course, from the 2014 draft first rounder. But from 2015 to 2018, only drafted one cornerback, and that was a fourth-rounder, DeAndre Hall of Northern Iowa, and he didn't last. He was gone within a couple of years. And that's another thing to consider about the way they're going to attack this room and see how the depth shakes out. They're not married to preconceived notions. They're not going to say, well, so-and-so was a draft pick or so-and-so was acquired uh, via a trade and these, this other player came as a free agent. They, they don't care. It's going to be the best guy 
survives. And that's why on paper right now, I would say your top four cornerbacks are going to be A.J. Boye, Bryce Callahan, Michael Ojemudia, and Devontae Bosby. But how they use Ojemudia and Bosby is going to be interesting because I think we'll see scenarios where they want somebody a little bit bigger, maybe that Will Parks type of role. When you have those, you're going to play Ojemudia. When you want to go with more of a pure cornerback and just have someone on the outside and Bryce Callahan sliding into the slot, then you're going to go with Devontae Bosby. But if I were betting on an outcome and betting on a top four, the guys who are going to be the core of that group, I would look for it to be that quartet. Yep, I, I couldn't agree with you more, Mace. And the, the crazy thing is, is I look at the guys that I would put next on the depth chart after those guys, probably Isaac Yadam, Duke Dawson, not exactly sure about the order there. And I look at those guys, and they're the five and sixth corner on the depth chart. And I'm saying, I like their potential. Now, I know a lot of fans are so frustrated with Isaac Yadam, and I understand. I mean, he, he got burned. Uh, many times last year but he just he has all the pieces to to be a good cornerback and Duke Dawson uh, at least has the physical pieces I I need to see what he can do this training camp uh, a little more but um, those guys have all the potential I mean second and third round cornerbacks and yes Mace like you said this is the last chance I think for Isaac Yadam and probably Duke Dawson uh, in Denver at least is this year but what if those guys develop? And then you just go from a cornerback group where you may have two starters, depending on if Bryce Callahan's healthy, to you could be rolling six deep, feeling real comfortable. Remember with Duke Dawson, he was on IR as a rookie in New England. So effectively, last year was his rookie season. So he's got some potential there. I like what he did, especially down the stretch getting a few more opportunities uh that being said like for example the Raiders game was not his best game and so you maybe have some alarm bells going up there but in spite of allowing uh, a lot of yardage I believe pro football folks had him credited uh, or or Duke or, you know, or not the Raiders game pardon me the um the Vikings game with, with Duke Dawson. It's Isaac Yadam, the Raiders game, that had some concern where they picked on him a little bit in week 17, just like they kind of picked on him in week one. But Duke Dawson showed a lot of promise when he got in there uh, down the stretch, mostly in November. The only thing that's interesting with Duke Dawson is how little he played late. And that's uh, something where you say, okay, was he usurped by Isaac Yadam? Perhaps, or also, I think they just wanted to get a look at Isaac Yadam before the end of the season, especially after he had that opportunity early and then lost his job basically during the Green Bay Packer game and then didn't play extensively until you got to December once again. But it should be wide open. But the fact that we're talking about this for being cornerback five and cornerback six, it's a good thing. The only concern is the fact that you do have significant injury issues with two of your top four in the way we're breaking this down. And that's the thing that you're going, whoever that fifth cornerback is, there's a decent chance that that guy is going to have to play extensively. And thus that fifth cornerback is going to be somebody who's picked on a little bit. Yep. 
Yep. Now, to Isaac, Isaac Yam's credit, the one thing he does show is that he doesn't get down on himself. He gets beat, gets right back in there, tries again. He has the quarterback short memory, but he's got to be better technically. Otherwise, we're going to see more instances like we saw from the games against the Raiders at the beginning of the end, the end of the season where Oakland is going to target him. I think Isaac Yadam could do without seeing Darren Waller ever again. <laughs> yes, there's no doubt about that. And so I know that there's a lot of people out there, and understandably so, that wanted Prince Mukamara, that wanted the Broncos to go out and get Logan Ryan now that Prince is off the market, that want them to still go get another corner, even if it comes at a high price. But the Broncos have the highest paid uh, safety group in the league. The Broncos have the highest paid secondary in the league, including those cornerbacks. There, there is as, as big of a commitment to that secondary and safety and pretty much cornerback room as is possible out there. And so with the guys that aren't high paid, the, you know, these four, five uh, backup cornerbacks that we're talking about, now, now it's on Vic. That's why you brought Vic in is to be able to take a couple of pieces where he's not given the most uh, talent or, or success with and make them successful, put them in positions where they don't have to be exposed. So now that this is on Vic, but it's not like you're giving Vic uh, just a huge mold, of, uh, uh, mold of clay. You're, you're just giving them a little bit and saying, okay, right, Vic, this is your job now. Yeah. And it's your job with your guys. Because all these cornerbacks we're talking about, the only one he inherited when he took the job was Isaac Adam. Yeah. Everybody else has come in since Vic Fangio arrived. It's his cornerback room. Yep. That and it's cliche, and maybe it's not what some people want to hear, but you got to trust Vic on this. You have to trust that he knows what he wants for his scheme. Yeah, it was tough to see Chris Harris Jr., kind of fall out of favor and then walk away. But A.J. Boye, over the course of time, when he's been in zone, he's proven to be very effective. Bryce Callahan, we've seen what he can do in Vic Fangio's scheme in Chicago. Devontae Bosby, he kicked around a little bit, but Vic Fangio thought enough of him after seeing what he did over in the AAF to give him another shot and in that brief flash from week three through week five before he got hurt, he proved worthy of the task. Yep. Trust Vic. Yep. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's looking for. Yep, exactly. Trust Vic because you've given him a lot right now. So that the least he can do is find a third cornerback. Before we hear from the people, our listeners who we love so much, I want to tell you about our good friends at Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. And remember, when you support our partners, you're supporting us during this crazy time. And Breck needs your help to keep its restaurant, the farmhouse, kicking during this time. So if you go and order your meal and order your beer from the farmhouse, make sure you use that code DNVR and you can get $5 off. And if you're local and you can order from the farmhouse, remember, you can order, but you can pick it up right there on site, the farmhouse, the brewery, the farmhouse at the brewery in Littleton. Call 303 803 1380 from noon to 8 p.m. to pick up. They'll even bring your to go order out to your car for you. But if you're outside of Denver or if you're just in the Denver area and all you want is the beer, make sure 
You take advantage of that 15-can sampler through Drizzly. Of course, you can get an array of Breck's finest Avalanche beer, Colorado Core, Hot Peak, our Vanilla Porter Jr., and, of course, the Strawberry Sky. If you're outside, and if you're outside of Denver and you just want to find out where can I get Breck breweries, Breck beers in my area, go to the Breck Ridge Brewery website and go to Breck Beer Locator. You can find out every spot around this land of ours where you can find Breckenridge Brews. Someday we know Breckenridge Brews will come overseas right now. This is just throughout the United States. So make sure you support our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery, whether you're in town and can order from the farmhouse or you're outside and you're looking, for the, you're looking through Drizzly or looking to buy it at your local liquor store. And guys, one thing that just entered Colorado, which we couldn't be more pumped about, is legal sports betting and DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing that straight to you guys. Oh, we're so pumped about DraftKings Sportsbook. Guys, sports are about to be restarted. Maybe in a month we'll have some, some, uh, one of the four major sports back on. But until then, DraftKings Sportsbook already has you covered with everything that you could want to bet on in sports. We gave you our DK picks of the week yesterday and DraftKings Sportsbook has so much. It's so fun to go on there and browse and put a, put a few wagers in for what's going to happen this Broncos season. So make sure to check out DraftKings Sportsbook and download their top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code DNVR when you sign up. And for a limited time, all users can get a sign up bonus up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. So don't forget to enter the code DNVR and get your sign-up bonus of $1,000 up to only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Bonus deposit bonus requires 25 times play through restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. So guys, make sure to check out DraftKings Sportsbook and get playing along with us. Good job, by the way, getting all that in the end, by the way. (laughs) Thank you. you know, I, I know just, it's been tough lately. <laughs> I decided to go off accuracy and not speed, and then I think, I think the speed will come eventually. <laughs> well, remember when they have the commercials on the radio and they get through all those disclaimers at the end, there's a little bit of speeding up going on in that <laughs> yep. in post-production. So you don't have the voiceover talent saying it that quickly. <laughs> so don't feel like you have to say it that fast i thought you did a great job saying it at a proper pace and remember we're not constrained by time here we don't have to get that spot in in 30 seconds it's true it's true it's a great we point. have luxuries here <laughs> maybe I'll, so nice uh... job zach that was your be- that was your best read yeah i know you've i know that's a that's a tough one but really proud of you there <laughs> I, I appreciate it thank you mace <laughs> <laughs> shall we jump in and talk to the people Yes, and uh, we've still got comments coming in as well, Fast and Furious. So let's get started with this one from Walker. Hey, guys, first time commenting, but I'll try to make it nice and to the point. This offseason, the Broncos have added a ton of talent. With talent, though, also comes expectations. What is the floor and ceiling of this team, and what do you see actually happening? Hmm, good question. Floor and ceiling. Well, we'll probably dive into this really deep on a couple of pods coming up, but I'll say the floor of this team 
Oh, boy. Man, I mean, if Drew Locke really doesn't pan out, 5-11. and 11, And uh, the ceiling, I think, is 12-4. Is and four, And I think they go 10-6. and six. All right. I'd say the floor is 5-11. and 11 Because even if Drew Locke struggles, they're going to have enough defense and enough explosiveness from the skill positions on offense to where they're not abject. The ceiling, if everything goes right, everything breaks properly, perfectly, you're talking 13-3. and three. Mm. So where do they end up? It's usually pretty simple when you're making this prediction. You split the difference, and you say, okay, they're going to be somewhere in between, and that would put them in the 8-10 to 10 win range, and I would lean more towards 9 or 10 wins in that. Uh, nine is actually kind of the even middle ground, but I'm going to go a little bit higher and say 10 because I think even if you don't have fans in the stands, they're going to be one of the few teams that has a true home field advantage because they get to play half their games at elevation. So that's going to tick them up just a little bit. So nine or 10 wins. Love that's it. where they end up. Love it. So we're, we're, we're pretty much the exact same and great first I know. short boring. <laughs> Maybe it just means it's right. We'll, we'll hope on that one. Tommy Bronco. So. Tommy Bronco. Not Tommy Bronco. Hey guys, just have a story and a question. So as a kid, I lived in the San Diego area. One of my teachers was an avid chargers fan. We were there around the LT days. So they were winning every time they would win. My teacher, Miss Z would make our class sing the, San Diego Superchargers song. San Diego Chargers. Beautifully done, Mace. Oh, thank you. I missed that. That's that. There are two things I miss about the San Diego Chargers. One, the city of San Diego, gorgeous. Two, that song after field goals. <laughs> so they do it after field goals. They, they yeah back in the day now if you go back and watch like a late 70s early 80s chargers game on youtube they played after touchdowns it got to where in the 2000s they played it after field goals sort of to kind of remind people of what their old song was it was like okay maybe we really don't want to do this but we know our fans love it so we have to kind of throw them a bone here <laughs> and that's when they would play it i love it yeah Needless to say, at a point, the song became infuriating, and I promptly stopped singing after two weeks. I didn't know much about football, but I did know that when I grew up, I would root for any team who played those super charges. <laughs> so I guess in a way, Miss Z brought me to you guys. Last second question, how much of a chance does Bradley Chubb have for comeback player of the year? As always, love the pod. Keep up the work. Keep it up. Tommy Bronco. Okay. Oh. Tommy Bronco loved the question. And, and when I was skimming this, my, uh, my aunt is a teacher and her last name is Zirkelbox. So she goes by Miss Z. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, did my aunt send you here? But no, did she, uh, she was not a San Diego Superchargers fan, but that, that's pretty funny. Uh, man, Bradley Chubb, he should have a pretty darn good chance at comeback player of the year. Uh, I think he's getting pretty good odds too. I think the odds uh, are definitely ones to pick up maybe that'll be my dk pick of the week next week but look bradley chubb top five pick coming off uh an injury so he's definitely eligible for comeback player of the year and 
he's got not only Von Miller on one side, he's got the highest paid secondary behind him, and he just added Jarrell Casey to add interior pressure. Bradley Chubb should, 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 barring health, have a huge year. He should have a huge year, but here's the thing. At comeback player of the year, you have a prominent quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger Uh, who's going to be in the mix. And you also have one of the all-time tight ends in Rob Gronkowski. And isn't Gronk the favorite right now? Probably, yeah. Especially after it all came out that it was, in fact, Tom Brady who wanted to bring Gronk. So you know Tom's going to be looking his way early and often. Yes, so I would bet on one of those guys. But if Chubb, if Chubb has a spectacular season, like 14 to 16 sacks, I think he could get that. By the way, Zach, did you know that I have San Diego Superchargers on my phone? <laughs> Is it a ringtone for someone? No. It's just I have it. I have some old <laughs> NFL songs. That's amazing. You hear that disco? Oh, yeah. I could jam to this. <laughs> i love it mace you know what it's kind of cute to listen to it now because sadly the chargers aren't in san diego right it's now like a a testament and a memorial to the past like i have an old san diego chargers logo or a pennant on my wall right now um right along with some other old teams like the Baltimore Colts, for example. Can't bring myself to do Oakland Raiders, but I think the San Diego Chargers are going to stay. That said, it's interesting. Like, the song kind of goes downhill from the chorus. The the lyrics are inane, coming your way. We're going to dazzle you with our play. The time has come. You know we're shooting for number one. (laughs) Thunderbolts and lightning. Get the little guitar. (laughs) Light up the sky. And they'll give it all they've got and more with that supercharger try. <laughs> Mace, I'd, I'd, rather, the again. I'd rather hear Mace's version than the real version oh, any day of the week. <laughs> That's yeah, it's, it's a slice of late 70s disco cheese <laughs> right there. Kind of like the old Bucks fight song where they go, hey, hey, Tampa Bay, the Bucks know how to shine. By the way, I mean, it just shows you kind of how lame the lyrics were the bucks know how to shine give it that supercharger try Uh, (laughs) the late 70s were weird man (laughs) i'd say so it's maybe a good thing that the broncos didn't even try on a song well no they did uh, they brought back that old fight song that was set to the tune of the northern colorado fight song yeah it didn't get much traction now they just play it once before the game and as everyone's settling in sipping their beer I think that's once, Bruce. once too many. Yeah, it, it, they, they tried. They, they actually tried with a, a song that Big Bad Voodoo Daddy recorded, I think, back in 06. Big Bad Voodoo Daddy? Yes. Wow. Uh, they turned Go Daddy-O into Go Broncos, <laughs> and the team commissioned them to record that, that song, and it was designed to replace Rock and Roll Part 2 after touchdowns because – Gary Glitter was basically was a criminal to the highest degree uh, involved in perverted acts that uh, I'd rather not detail here. 
So they were looking for a new song, and Big Bad Voodoo Daddy had performed at halftime of a game the previous year, and they thought, hmm, let's see if we can just take this and turn and uh, see if we can create something. But I'll never forget, I was on the field as a game ended. The Broncos were playing the Chiefs. They won in overtime on a field goal. And after the field goal went through, they started playing that Go Daddy-O for Go Broncos. Go Broncos. And I think it was Rod Smith that kind of looked at me and was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> well, that's what, uh, that's what I certainly thought when a couple of years ago I heard their fight song. I was like, no, no, don't do it. No, and they no, listened no. because they didn't do it anymore. <laughs> there, there's only a few teams it works for. It works for Baltimore. There's a lot of history there. Works for the Washington Redskins, the Eagles, the Bears. I think you had kind of, for a fight song to work, it really had to get in like in the 40s, 50s, or 60s. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to roll with that. Next one coming in from KC Spy. What's up, fam? I've had a huge backlog, backlog of pods since I moved recently, but I finally caught up. I've been subscribed for over a year, listened to every pod, and even got to meet Mace before a Chiefs game here in Kansas City. This family has meant so much to me, and that time and listening to the podcast always puts a smile on my face. Listening to y'all has been a constant in my life that has really helped me during some dark times. Despite that, I don't often comment, so now I'm looking to comment more and engage with this awesome community more as well. I was wondering, is it possible to change your display name in these comments? I'd like to start fresh with a new name. You know what? I'm, I'm not sure if you can do that, I think you can, but I'm not sure. So maybe go into your settings and try to change your username. Yeah. There's gotta be a way because we've seen people change their name. Yeah, we, we have. So I imagine it's probably yeah. just a pretty easy thing in, in the back end on settings. So let us know if you get that figured out, KC spy. Anyway, as for the Broncos, ever since RK published this article that framed Drew Locke as a potential super villain, I've loved that narrative. This made listening to the Raiders podcast, hating on Drew all that more entertaining. My favorite part is when they say, I tweeted, I appreciate that you left off the Broncos quarterback name and didn't even reference his name. Drew Locke has only played five games and the Raiders are already so afraid of him that they've given him his, his name, the Voldemort treatment, <laughs> priceless. Love Sorry it. for the long comment. I look forward to posting more reasonable length comments. Keep up the amazing work. I <laughs> oh, love hearing from you, Casey Spy. Great to, to have you writing with us. And yeah, I'll actually, I'll try to check and see how to change the username as well. I'll kind of go into my account, find out. And uh, if I come back with anything and if you have trouble, I'll probably post it in one of the comments here to, to help you out. But yeah, we've seen enough people change their handles. So I think you'll probably be able to, to do that as well. I don't see any reason why you wouldn't be able to. Uh oh, Mace, I live about a block away from a school and uh, it's 11 a.m. on a Wednesday. So they're doing the uh, emergency sirens. So if you hear that, uh, I hear be... it. <laughs> I, I apologize for that. It'll be over in just a couple of minutes. <laughs> Next one coming in. Why me. are they doing it? Why are they doing the sirens? There's no kids at school right now. Yeah, I have, I have no idea why, but it's that like the yellow horn one that turns and stuff. Yeah, oh, I, have, oh, okay. I have no idea. Uh, next one coming in from Polly from Waukesha. So I have been relatively quiet over the last couple of years, giving new listeners voices a chance to be heard. So just want some words of encouragement. One, 
a much belated welcome to Andrew Mason. You are such a fountain of knowledge and always amuse me as you take us deep into the past, digging up old relic NFL players like Y.A. Tittle and Ed Podolak. Podolak. Oh, Podolak. yes. Ed Podolak has had one of the great individual games in NFL history that is forgotten. So basically, he's sort of the predecessor to Trenton Holiday because Trenton Holiday, of course, in that heartbreaking playoff loss for the Broncos, the Ravens, back in January of 2013, he, ha- he became the only player in NFL history with a kickoff and punt return for a touchdown in the same playoff game. Would have been an all-time performance because the Broncos lost that game. It is largely forgotten in history. Well, Ed Podolak, he was a huge part of the longest game in NFL history. Christmas Day, 1971, Dolphins, Chiefs. And Ed Podolak's stat line that day included 154 yards on kick returns. So an average of over 50 yards per kick return, 51.4 yards to be exact. 110 receiving yards on eight receptions, 85 yards on 17 carries, a rushing touchdown, a receiving touchdown. So he had 194 yards from scrimmage. And then on returns, because he also had a punt return as well, another 155 yards. So think about Zach, that Zach, you had nearly 350 total all-purpose yards for Ed Podolak in a playoff game and two touchdowns. That is and insane. it's forgotten. And it's insane. forgotten because the Chiefs couldn't win that game, which also was the last game they played at Municipal Stadium before moving to Arrowhead. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that, that's an incredible, incredible yeah. game. So and there's there your Ed Podolak lesson. And just, just <laughs> as the siren dies down, perfect timing. He goes two to Brandon Spano, Ryan, Zach, Andre, and Henry. Way to keep growing the content and offering all the Broncos side. I don't know if you realize how much, how much welcome entertainment you're providing us in these stay-at-home times. Well, thank you so much, Polly. And, and uh, I, was, I was thinking about you just a couple weeks ago, wondering where you were, but I appreciate that you know you just you step back and let other uh, people's people have a chance to say something. But uh, was definitely thinking about you, Polly. Glad to hear from you. He goes on three. Really like the live YouTube Periscope broadcast. Keep these going. I watched your draft coverage from bell to bell, and it was far superior to watching ESPN. Like the way you involved Ali, AJ, Steve Atwater, and other media members. Four. Shout out to DNVR Hall of Fame podcast listeners, Spacebar, Nacho Brad, Pastorette, Levatsky, Ryan Clayman, Nacho Brad, Jared Fry, Lone Star Bronco, Preston Nybar, and the rest of us who were here at the beginning when discussing uh, when discussions of ball hair had to do with the tennis variety. Keep doing <laughs> what you're doing. Peace out, Polly from Waukesha. Love, oh. love hearing from you, Polly. Well, Waukesha, then I presume that you're from Wisconsin, which is where my wife is from as well. So great to hear from somebody from one of America's finest states. <laughs> I knew, Mace, you'd, oh, you'd be a fan of that. Land of so much good food, so much good, uh, so many good beverages. I'm actually right now currently waiting on something that my sister-in-law sent me, some cherry vodka from Central Standard Distillery in Milwaukee. Mm, that's your favorite from Moscow Mules, right? Yeah, the Cherry Mule, man. It's 
it, it's it's actually it comes out a little bit pink once I've uh, put it all together, but it's tremendous. Oh, man, and, that uh, sounds delicious. I need I need that to come in pretty soon. I got to tip my cap to uh, the fine folks over at Miller Park, the bar that is on the third base side. Last summer, showed me how to make that mule that was on their menu and uh, showed me everything that went into it. So. Nice. it's the gift that keeps on giving from the milwaukee brewers so appreciate <laughs> that and appreciate wisconsin in general mile high mike my guys i love me some good football talk i'm unfortunately the only big time sports fan in my family so i don't get these kinds of conversations very often you guys are right i completely misused the word ceiling and i totally agree with you that the ceiling is about 12 wins based on your clarification of the word I guess the best way for me to describe my position here is that if I had to bet the mortgage on the Broncos 2020 season record and the over-under was nine and a half, I don't think I could convince myself to take the over too risky. I had my expectations for the Broncos a few games too high for the past few seasons, thinking we're finally going to make a splash as a tackle on another losing season. Along with that, I agree with the Broncos may steal win when they're not supposed to, but I think that's the Steelers, Bills, or Patriots. Being the Saints sounds a little bit ambitious to me. Thanks for the stimulating discussion. P.S. Breaking news. The Raiders just signed Prince Mukamara. No! <laughs> but for real, I really wanted this guy. Now we have him lined up against our young receivers. I know he's no Byron Jones or Darius Slay, but how worried should we be? Is this a game changer or just a bug on the windshield? Thanks a million and sorry for the long comment. Love for all the DMVR fam. I have spoken. Mile high Mike. And I responded to him by saying, when in doubt, just remember these words from Michael Jordan. The ceiling is the roof. Did he really say that? <laughs> yes, he did. That is amazing. He uh, was at a Carolina Duke game. It was halftime, and it was basically to unveil the fact that his Jordan brand was going to outfit the football team as well as the basketball team because now you see Jordan brand getting into some other areas. And at halftime – to pump everybody up he talked to he was talking about carolina football and he said the ceiling is the roof <laughs> well i guess they were in a gymnasium so the roof was probably pretty tall but yeah nice. well it's the dean smith center so you got that uh, teflon roof way up there it's pretty high but right after that the basketball team really incorporated that people went nuts with it for in carolina and they went and won the national title so you could say <laughs> that because the basketball team turned around and won the national championship a month later that the roof is winning it all. So maybe there is something to the ceiling being the roof. <laughs> that, that is absolutely <laughs> amazing. And as for Prince and Mukamara, look, the Raiders, by signing him right now, the Raiders said he's just a, a bug on the windshield. He's, he's not a superstar. Uh, it's not something you, could be, you should be totally concerned about. If the Raiders would have signed him 12 hours after he was released by the Bears, okay, maybe, maybe there can be an argument. But the Raiders, the team that just signed him, let him sit out. And, guys, it, if, if the Broncos would have signed him, we would have been talking about him as the third cornerback with maybe even a chance for Ojemudia to, to beat him out. Um, so it's not like he would have he, – he's not a number one corner. They hope Damon Arnett becomes a number one corner, even though he was number two at Ohio State behind Jeff Akuda. If you're looking for somebody who could elevate that cornerback room, it would be Damon Arnett if he is who the Raiders think he can be. I'm a little bit skeptical myself, but Ohio State has a good 
reputation for developing corners. That said, he was in Okuda's class. So I don't know if he's going to be a number one or maybe he settles in as a number two. But if he blossoms and is more than I expect him to be and is perhaps what Mike Mayock expects him to be out in Vegas, then he's the guy who changes that room. It won't be Prince Amukamara. Right. Great, great point, Mace. I'm going to need some your help on this next one, right. Mace. Coming in from Hip Hip Uray says, don't have much to say today other than I really want Mace to say 75. <laughs> Mace, I've been missing it too. So thank you, Hip Hip Uray, for bringing that in. And Mace got, Mace got to do the pounding and the yelling. I love it. Well, says, <laughs> I, I, my daughter right now is upstairs having her lessons for the day through distance learning and she heard that i'm sure she was probably pretty excited about that because she actually did a 75 for me last night <laughs> that's <your> reading. awesome <laughs> oh i love it it's a family thing now and of yes. course it's a this family thing now as well mm-hmm. It goes on and says, I love to talk about letting players use the number zero and double zero. I would love to see a big old beefy nose tackle rock the double zero or a speedy running back use the number zero. Now that I have a jersey, I would buy. As always, go Broncos and go DNVR. Me too, hip hip Ure. Me too. Uh, I think we're all in kind of the same boat as Ryan Koenigsberg is that the number rules need to kind of go out the window so we can see a double zero on a receiver or tight end this is an old school name ken burrow played for the oilers back in the 70s during the love you blue days wore double zero man i'd love to see that again of course we talked about jim otto as well but i want to see single digit numbers for defensive linemen and edge rushers remember the number of rules have changed in the last decade today if von miller broke into the nfl he could have kept number 40 from Texas A&M. At the time, he couldn't, so he changed to 58. And I'm happy that ultimately he changed. 58's a better number. Yeah, but he would have rocked 40 so well, too. He would have. I mean, anything Vaughn would have touched would have been great. And the other thing is, you could have said for Vaughn Miller, he's the big 4-0, man. (laughs) Yep, he certainly could. (laughs) Hack Sack says, talking ceilings in regards to the Broncos, wouldn't it be the Super Bowl? If everything goes right, then we have a top three or five defense and the offense goes off, right? We have a have a look at the 49ers, second pick to the second last pick in last year. Injuries did riddle them a fair bit, but they showed that even if everything goes right for a team, then the previous year is no real indicator for what is to come. The ceiling is the Super Bowl and the floor is the first overall pick. That's why I love football. Anything can happen, and it probably will. Well, Hack Sack, that, that's why <laughs> sometimes I love the ceiling and floor conversation because it, it's fun to, to see, okay, if everything goes right, how good this team can be. If everything goes wrong, how bad this team can be. It's fun. But then also, I mean, yeah, you're right. They could lose every game this season. It's possible. They could win. They could go 19-0 and this year. It's possible so yeah i mean the ceiling is first overall pick or the floor is first overall pick and the ceiling is when the super bowl well technically that's the case every year right exactly and that's what's you know silly about the conversation too the the thing is though do you regard the playoff outcomes as at least somewhat random 
one yeah. shot deal. You have a bad day. Yep. You get screwed. You have an unusually good day. You're moving on. I mean, I would say, for example, Titans Ravens. If they play ten times, I'd say the Ravens probably win seven, eight yep. of them. If they play in Baltimore, seven or if they play in Baltimore seven or eight times. When the Ravens played the Broncos in January of 2013, I think the Broncos win that game nine out of ten. Yep. And unfortunately, that day was the one out of ten. Yep. For the Broncos. So that's why I tend to, in terms of ceiling and floor, focus more on the regular season. And then the postseason, it's a bit random. It depends on how healthy you are at that moment. You you do have a reasonably good shot of a random outcome in the playoffs. And that's why I sort of throw that out and put that into another category that we discuss when we get there. Yeah, and that's why it's get to the playoffs and anything can happen. Yeah, that's that's the stat-minded guy in me. That's, you know, me being <laughs> <based> the nerd. <laughs> I'd expect nothing else. Not the nerd part, but just uh, the stat-minded. I'm okay just being a nerd. <laughs> I'm, I'm comfortable with my nerdiness. I've learned to embrace it over the years. Well, you're you're the coolest nerd out there, then, if that's uh, the case. <laughs> even have a, are Hawaiian shirts nerdy? Aloha shirts? Oh uh, well, if they are, then I'm a nerd as well. I uh, did last year. I stocked up in, in the winter time. I stocked up on four or five of them when they were on sale, and I love them. Oh, we need to see them. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I'll be busting them out. There's no doubt about that. Ventriculostomy chiming in says Drew Locke was recently asked about the difference between Pat Shermer's and Rich Gangarello's offenses. One thing he mentioned was that he will have the ability to change routes depending on what the pre-snap read looks like specifically mentioning changing a curl to a go if it looks like man coverage. This is pretty exciting, but has he been wondering how much or little freedom our quarterback has quarterbacks had to do last year? Well, I'm proud to have asked the question that got that answer. And yes, yeah, I do think there's a lot more freedom in this offense than there was under Rich Gangarello. I think certainly for Drew Locke in particular, because they did not want to give him more than he could handle. So it was a very constricted offense. Joe Flacco had a bit more freedom going up to the line, given his experience, but it wasn't uh, exceptional. This is this iteration of the scheme. And this is just kind of part of how Andy Reid goes off in a different direction, a different branch of the tree that goes all the way back to Bill Walsh. Andy Reid is focused more on exploiting some matchups that they see pre-snap and making the appropriate changes. So it's, it's simply Pat Shermer comes from off the Andy Reid branch. This is something that he picked up there. It's a way to kind of put a little discomfort on the, on the defense and make them think and uh, maybe leave the defense guessing a little bit, thinking that uh, they're set up, properly pre-snap and then the Broncos or this offense will throw a change at you yeah I absolutely love that Drew's going to have a lot more freedom at the line and that's how it should be like I've kind of said this offseason let Drew succeed or fail because of him because he's making the right calls because he's doing things right or you know he doesn't have it let let it be that don't just baby him this entire way through correct Next one coming in from R.D. Dollywall. Hey, guys, I just signed up with DraftKings. Just, just wanted to know if, 
if you can go over how the betting works, it's kind of confusing. What does plus 200 mean? What does minus 200 mean? Over, under. Basically, can you dumbify it for me? Explain it to me like I'm a fifth grader. If you don't have time, I understand. Trying to watch a lot of YouTube videos to help me out. Also, I've started to listen to the DNVR Bets Daily podcast. Thanks and take care. Well, I mean, that that's a, a great place to turn to is the DR, DNVR Bets podcast. But uh, yeah, I'll definitely explain what those three things are. And then if you have other specific questions, RD Dollywell, just drop them in these comment sections. So plus 200 means that if you were to bet 200 or $100 and you win that, then you win $200. So it's two to one odds. Everything's based off a 100 system. So you don't have to bet $100. Uh, you could bet a dollar. And with that plus 200, it's two to one odds. So you'd win $2. And so that's what the plus 200 means. So it means whatever you're betting on, is not likely to happen. The, the bigger that plus is, uh, the, the greater the odds are, meaning the less likely it is to happen. You're choosing the underdog. Yeah, and we, we yet on yesterday's podcast, please go back and listen to that. That's I was kind of focused on that because I was looking at the money lines for a couple of baseball odds to win the World Series and then for the National League Cy Young and seeing plus 3,000 on Mike Stroke of the Braves, plus 3,000 on the Milwaukee Brewers, basically saying, okay, that's 30 to one, jumping all over that. Those are, and you know, those are potential high reward bets where, you know, if you put $10 out there and it doesn't come through, oh, well, but boy, oh boy, if you hit on, if you have a few of those and you hit on one of them, you're paying for a couple of really nice dinners. <laughs> exactly. So then minus 200 is the opposite. You're betting on the favorite. The bigger that minus is, the more likely it is to happen. But because it's so likely to happen that you're, they're not going to give you a big return for betting on something that's likely to happen. So minus 200 means you have to put down $200 to win 100. So again, it's the exact same thing as the plus. You don't have to put down $200. Um, if you put down $20, well, you'll win ten dollars. Uh, so that that's how that works. And over under, uh, if we're talking about Broncos season wins, uh, they set a number for the Broncos. They set uh, seven and a half. The over is saying the Broncos will win more than seven and a half games, so they'll win eight or more games. If you choose the under, it means the Broncos will win seven and a half or fewer games, so they'll they'll win seven or fewer games. Um, they have over unders for each sport sports game as well. Um, a football game could be an over-under of 34 and a half points, which means the total amount of points scored from both teams. If it's 35 or more and you chose the over, then you win. If it's 34 or under, well, then that's the under. So you, you choose that. They have baseball, basketball, hockey, any sport they have an over-under too. So uh, great, great questions and, and a, a very fair question. So any other questions, just hit us up in this comment section. And that's the thing is that that money line that you're talking about when you've got two teams in the same game, it's straight up. So like you have Houston and Kansas City in week one. Houston is a is a 10 point underdog right now. So if you're betting on the point spread, you could win betting on Houston if they lose by, say, eight points. Right. But if you're betting on the money line, you're betting on Houston to win straight up that money line is plus 330. So basically, you've got 3.3 to 1 odds on the Texans beating the Chiefs straight up. Well, that's pretty good. 
That's pretty good. Next one coming in from Broncos Squared. Given all the talk about the national media sleeping on Locke, do you think that is something that really drives Drew? His swagger, not cockiness, idiot Raider fans, presents him like he could give a hoot less about what any media thinks of him. I think that a lot about him, but I like, or I like that a lot about him, but I would also love it if he was internally fueled by it. The Raiders pod should definitely be bulletin board material for the whole team. Thanks, gents. Internally fueled by it, yes, but you want to make sure that you're using it as fuel and not a fire that can burn you. And that's something that I think Baker Mayfield has struggled with. I think he is fueled by the critiques, but it's also burned him a couple of times. And so you've got to be careful with that. That being said, yeah, I don't think he really puts a lot of stock in what the media thinks, but certainly that sort of thing coming from the Raiders – and the fact that it comes from their official podcast, <laughs> that's the sort of thing that I would put into his locker the week of that game. <laughs> and yes. admittedly, when I worked on the Broncos site, uh, trying to avoid creating bulletin board material was something that I did always have in the back of my mind because people do tend to confuse uh, – those who confuse those who work on official sites with being kind of the be all end all voice of the team and saying, Oh, that's what the team feels. Well, you know, no, it's not necessarily the case. I always liked it that major league baseball has a disclaimer on their story saying it's not necessarily the view of the team, blah, 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 but you don't (laughs) see that on NFL team websites. So that meant you had to be a little more careful. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a yeah, good this is the point. Raider. This is the official Raiders podcast. So if you really <laughs> want to play it up and get the maximum effect, you can say, well, this is what the Raiders officially think of you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they don't even want to say your name. They don't even want to give you that respect. <laughs> oh, yeah, man, you, they'll be. Yeah. Four touchdowns of respect all over your ass. (laughs) They'll be saying his name a lot for many years to come. That'll be fun for them. Yeah, they'll be saying his name a lot in juxtaposition with profanities. Kirk Smith, 44. I So if if Stidham would have been third or fourth quarterback this year, then Locke would have been first? Locke should have been ranked eighth behind Lamar, Kyler, Allen, Darnold, Burrow, Baker, and Tua. Then again... Why have confidence in Burrow and Tua if they haven't played yet? I don't know. But being behind Stidham is a joke. I also love watching Josh Allen play. And maybe because I'm in the Bills' primary region, so I watch a lot of of them before Broncos games. Not the best pure quarterback, but he's like a poor man's Lamar. Very poor man's, but fun to watch. Yeah, if Josh Allen can ever become a 62% passer in terms of completion percentage, there is the chance for him to be special. I just don't know if he can get there in terms of accuracy. That's the thing that I didn't like about him coming out of Wyoming. When I watched him, I saw too many makeable throws that he missed, and I'm not talking about passes that were dropped by his receivers who did let him down at times, but just the ones where he had the guy open and overshot him, airmailed him. There's no, there's no denying the arm talent, the strength, the power, and velocity puts on the ball. It's all there with Josh Allen. And we saw in the Bills-Broncos game how he can break your back with his feet. 
as well. And that discombobulated the Broncos defense when they thought they had him bottled up and he took off. That's a really significant part of the Josh Allen equation. And he does have that fire, that swagger, and, and all that. I just don't know if he can become as accurate as he needs to. Whereas with Drew Locke, you could see that accuracy improving even in his senior year at Mizzou, the second half of that season. And to his credit, even though it was a controlled offense that had him playing within himself, he built on that last year. I want to see where his accuracy is this year. I think that's a, that's a big key thing for Drew Locke. But yes, he should have been higher. I think you can argue that eighth is probably a good spot for him because it's hard to dislodge some of those guys that you're talking about because like Sam Darnold, for example, has he been what the Jets hoped he'd be? Maybe not quite yet, but remember, Zach, last year, the Jets had a winning record when Sam Darnold was in the lineup. Their offense wasn't great, but it was miles ahead of where it was when he wasn't in there when they had Luke Falk and your boy Trevor playing <laughs> as well. Yep, uh, they, they would have won more games if Trevor stayed healthy. I, I can promise you that, Mason. I don't right? know about that, but <laughs> I know they would have won more games if Sam Darnold had stayed healthy, and we would have been talking about the Jets, I think, being a 500 team, maybe even a 9-7 team, if Sam Darnold had not come down with mono. By the way, I still laugh at how Adam Gase read mono at that press conference. <laughs> Just the tone of his voice, this mixture of, exasperation and complete bafflement <laughs> over the situation that he faced and even a little bit of contempt mixed in for Sam Darnold. Yep. When That's... he said Darnold and 14 has mono. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Adam Gase, quite the character. So many things you think of when you think of Adam Gase. He is. I I root for Adam Gase. I've, I've talked about it on the podcast before, but I think Adam Gase is one of the most misunderstood people in the NFL. Really, I've seen the I've seen like the the true the human side of Adam Gase. Um, he was the only person in like the football side of the Broncos to ask me how my mother in law was doing when she had cancer, and he like would follow up and everything. He and I'd heard this when he got dismissed by the, by the Dolphins. Supposedly, the line of people to say their goodbyes to him before he left snaked through the entire building. Wow. Of staff that he, he does. He, he, he's, he's, a, he's not somebody who kind of walks on, walks on a higher level. He makes time for everybody in the organization really – Treats everyone with respect, treats everyone uh, with humanity. And that's something I'm going to, I will always respect about Adam Gase. He's a, he's fundamentally a good person. That's, that's really, really cool to hear you. And you're right, Mace. That is someone that I'll root for because that, that's a good person in the NFL. Like to hear that. Thank you. Ventriculostomy says, all right, guys, we've had a lot of talk about breakfast food, cereal and candy bars, but what is everyone's top five ice creams? Aha, this is right up my alley. And we're saying ice creams, not sorbets. So straight up ice creams, right? Yep, yep, straight up ice cream. Okay, I'm not going to rank them one to five. I'm just these are just five that I really like. Sinfully Cinnamon over at Bonnie Bray. Mm, yep. Here in town. Um, 
almost any mint chocolate chip. It's hard to screw up mint chocolate chip as a flavor. Yeah. Um, chocolate chip cookie dough. Yeah. Is is wonderful. Um, and I've had some good ones over at both Bonnie Bray and also uh, Glacier Ice Cream uh, down at the corner of University and Hamden here in uh, Denver. Hmm. Peanut butter chocolate. And if you're going for a store brand one, there's a good one done by haagen but also I believe Graders out of Cincinnati does a really good uh, peanut butter chocolate. And Graders also does this kind of this kind of blackberry uh, blackberry chip, which is like blackberry ice cream with uh, like chunks of chocolate in it. Mm. And it's incredible. I, I'm, I might be whiffing on the exact details of that ice cream, but it's sensational. I've had it bought from the store, but also had it at Grater's uh, ice cream shops in the Cincinnati area. And it's tremendous. Oh, this question is killing me. Just thinking about delicious ice creams right now. One, I got to go coffee with espresso beans in it. Now, I, I've had it a few places. Oh, so good. Coffee's my favorite ice cream flavor. You throw those chocolate-covered espresso beans in, so good. They're sleepless in Seattle. Uh, at Licks in Denver has one with uh, some shredded chocolate in there. So good. Second, I'm going cotton candy ice cream. I have a hard time believing anyone doesn't like it. No one just wants to admit it. It is so good. Third, bubblegum. Same reasoning with cotton candy. I have a hard time believing anyone doesn't like it. It's so, so good. Uh, fourth, Mace, I mean, you mentioned the sinfully cinnamon. I can't get that out of my head right now. That's definitely mm. up there. Um, and then five, you know, I'll just – anything with caramel. Caramel ice cream is so good. You give me the caramel flavored ice cream with caramel swirls, caramel chunks. Ah, so good. Can't be beat. So fantastic question for me, but now I'm mad because I'm craving ice cream at 1130 in the morning. You know, I was actually a little disappointed when I walked by Bonnie Bray ice cream recently and they were open back up, but they didn't have sinfully cinnamon. Ah, uh, why, why even be open if you're not going to have it? I've never seen Sinfully Cinnamon not available at Bonnie Bray until that day. So when I go for my walk this afternoon, I'll probably go check it out and see if they've got it in. Because if it's there, I'm buying. <laughs> you got to stop by. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yield Fates. First off, Hingle McCringleberry is now known as Yield Fates, and only RK will understand. Second, I love the DNVR Xbox Madden League. We're in the first week of the offseason, and things are crazy. RK trade for Kyler. Hank trades me Shaq Thompson for a late first, among many other blockbuster trades. By the way, I am in no way surprised that RK traded for Kyler Murray. <laughs> no, I bet he gave an arm and a leg for that. That is so on brand for him. It and is. I dig it. It's really so much fun and something to look forward to in these sportsless times. Lastly, I'm really tired of all the Broncos doubters out there. I know we've been pretty spoiled overall as a fan base, but for people to predict us to go 3-13, that's outrageous and frankly idiotic. It's almost as bad as Adam Rank's prediction of 2-14 and last year. I see us making the playoffs at 9-7 and or 10-6. and Lastly, lastly, huge shout-out to my fellow colleague, Rian Yappaport for breaking <laughs> big news all the time. Uh, 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 uh. Oh man, I absolutely love it. <laughs> I love it. Yield fates. <laughs> oh, that's that's so. Uh, is um, is there a Shadam 
after i don't know <laughs> shadow oh man i, I love don't that. shadow it, it sounds like what your dog's been doing inside mace oh 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 <laughs> that's true count locula mike munchak versus alex gibbs go <laughs> well i'll say this for mike munchak he keeps it clean alex gibbs what i'll always remember about him is that you could hear the profanity from 200 yards away. Yep. <laughs> Him evis- verbally eviscerating an offensive lineman into next year, basically. So Mike Munchak is probably a little bit more team-friendly as far as hosting a training camp right. because he keeps it cleaner. Alex Gibbs, excellent teacher of the technique of zone blocking in particular. It's something that he excelled at of course, with the Broncos and at his other stops. That said, I think Mike Munchak's style, it's a little bit more holistic. I think there are guys with Alex Gibbs that if you couldn't take the verbal pounding, that the fusillade of critiques that was coming your way from Alex Gibbs, you might n- – you might melt a little bit, whereas Mike Munchak, I think he tailors his style more to the individual personality of the player than Alex Gibbs does. So with all respect to Alex Gibbs, who did a lot of great work for the Broncos, I got to choose Munch here. Yeah, but w- without a doubt, especially nowadays. And what's so impressive about Mike Munchak is he grew up in the era where you had Alex Gibbs coaches all around. And I mean, just screaming at you all the time and the fact that he grew up in that and had to take that throughout his entire career but now uh is able to be the calm teaching voice it is just even more credit to him uh i'm going munch as well uh man but i do remember all the stories about (laughs) alex gibbs and i can tell you what i don't know if i've heard mike munchak raise his voice on the field at least not during a practice. So couldn't be more polar opposites in terms of their approach, but both good coaches. Yep. TK Freeze chiming in. Hey, you guys, I'm sitting here reminiscing and deciding to share a quick heart-to-heart with y'all. I started listening to this podcast three years ago. At the time, my girlfriend of four years and I had just broken up, and my best friend had passed away suddenly. I was in a dark place. I felt very alone and kind of just dove into even more. It dove even more into sports. Sports is truly a huge distraction in so many people's lives. I read and listen to everything I could about my beloved Broncos and remember stumbling upon two guys about my age who seemed to be just having fun and talking sports. BSN. I was hooked. I listen every day. I remember yelling at my phone in disagreement about many things, while also loving so many of y'all's insightful thoughts and ideas. I also watched a show on Broncos.com called Ask Mace. All I ever thought during that show was there is no way this guy knows all of this stuff just off the top of his head. The man must be a genius. As time went on, the pain of losing my best friend while never truly being gone, uh, nor will it ever be, has subsided. Many things have factored into this, but this podcast gave me something to look forward to when I truly needed it. I know it's just sports coverage to some, but to you, but but you guys have created something amazing to many people. My best friend was a Seahawks fan, but I think he would have liked this group. Thank you, Ryan, Zach, and Mace. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you're giving me the chills here, TK Freeze. 
you know, first of all, thanks for sharing that, TK. Yeah. Um, second of all, it, it just really amazes me. And frankly, hearing stuff like this, this is something that keeps us going. We can't thank you enough for sharing these stories with us because sometimes, especially right now, we're all in our little bubbles at our homes. You know, we're not getting out and doing anything. Uh, you, you wonder who's, you know, who's listening, where do you know, where does this rank in the grand scheme of things? But when we read something like that, man, it's, frankly, it's something that keeps us going, keeps me going. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing that that we have that that we can pick up somebody's day, make it make our make someone's day a little bit better. It's it's humbling and it's humbling to hear that. And I, I just it's hard for me to find the words to convey just how it affects me when I read something like this. And uh, yeah. can't thank you enough, TK. And thank thanks for rolling with us. And uh, hopefully we helped you just a little bit. Yeah, uh, without a doubt. And that's what makes it, this community so cool is even though we haven't met most of you in person, it really, we are here for you. You're here for us. Hearing those things just, just means the world. And of course, I didn't mean you're giving me the chills. You're giving me the goosebumps. What what a cool thing to, to read, TK Freeze. So thank you so much for putting us in, in your ear, in your car, in your living room, in your bedroom, wh wherever you listen to us. It means the world that, that you trust us with that. And, and thank you. Iceman chiming in. Hey, amigos, rookie seasons. Mahomes is second when a whopping 1-0 with a meaningless win over the Broncos. Impressive, I guess? Locke went 4-1 and in 800 winning percentage with the loss and a ground blizzard on the road to Mahomes is second. His four wins secured a second-place finish in the AFC West after a 3-8 and beginning. I guess an 800 clip in five games versus a 100 clip in a meaningless one-glass game of the season equals a lucky stretch for a second round pick. Matt was referring to offensive linemen. His area of expertise, like May said, go Andrew Locke and DNVR bar. Oh man, Iceman, those endings get me every time. I love it. Uh, I love, love it all. And uh, it's interesting to kind of talk about rookie seasons. And that's why in my own comparisons, instead of taking just a rookie year, I tend to say, okay, first four starts, first five starts, that sort of thing. Because Patrick Mahomes, those first five starts obviously included four in his second year, but pretty, you know, pretty dominant for, for him. And, you know, I guess I hesitate to make the comparison of Drew Locke to Patrick Mahomes because I don't think it's fair to Drew Locke. Patrick Mahomes, I think, is probably the unicorn of this generation. But I think it's fair to make some comparisons, say, with you know Matt Ryan uh, of Atlanta as a rookie who came in. He actually did start uh, right away. And it's comparisons like that that uh, give me encouragement for Drew Locke because Matt Ryan came out as a rookie, number two overall pick, not a second-round pick. Uh, Atlanta started him right away and was pretty good. But also, like his first five games, Zach, he had one game where he had a pass rating of 137, and we have one game where he had a pass rating of, of 29.6. Yeah. And Ryan has proved to be a very good quarterback. He's been a league MVP. If, if Drew Locke works out like Matt Ryan, I'm ecstatic. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, as as much as uh, I've been hesitant on Matt Ryan throughout his career, if Drew Locke turns into him, that would be impressive. There was something I read yesterday about Matt Ryan kind of doing a deep dive into what he did in 2018 in particular. It said Matt Ryan has been better than people give him credit for even the last couple of years. And really, he's been carrying that Falcon team the last couple of seasons. Yeah, the defense has struggled. He hasn't, ever, he hasn't had the bright – uh, mind as offensive coordinator that he had when Kyle Shanahan was there for that exquisite 2016 season when he was a league MVP. But the last couple of years, Zach, you combine them together, he has 61 touchdowns, 21 picks. That'll do, won't it? <laughs> and a passer rating right around 100 for those last two seasons combined. Yep. I'd, I'd love it if Drew Locke turned out like Matt Ryan. Yep. Yep, as long as he turns out more like Matt Ryan than Aaron Rodgers, I'm good for that. Oh, oh, oh <laughs> come on. Dan Burke chiming in. There was a report yesterday that the Broncos were sniffing around Jason Peters, although this quickly got debunked by Nikki Jabala, who said they called his agent, but they are likely going to roll with a, competi- a competition between Bulls and Elijah Wilkinson. I find that hard to believe. So let's talk about Calvin Anderson real quick. He's been cryptic on Twitter for the past few weeks and just a few days ago said, I truly believe opportunity will soon meet preparation. I don't know enough about him to think he could be a viable left tackle in the NFL, although Munchak has a track record of developing UDFAs, so I'm not holding his draft status against him. I did find this this scouting report on him that's kind of interesting. Tell me what you think. Here's a scouting report. Calvin Harrison has the potential to be an effective power tackle in the NFL. His limitations in hip mobility will hinder his ceiling as a pass protector, but Anderson has ample length to mask these issues. Anderson is a plus drive blocker with enough functional athleticism to warrant consideration as a potential starter in the long term. Will require a strong offensive line coach to draw at his abilities, however. Hmm. A strong offensive line coach to include to improve his hand placement and his overall body positioning because these were issues that were prominent for him coming out of college. It is interesting to see what he's saying and the Broncos did bring him in. They liked something about him when they added him last year, they kept him on the roster. He's kind of a dark horse in that mix there. The other thing about uh, sniffing around Jason Peters, but also thinking, okay, They're going to move on, and they're going to stick with what they've got. One thing to consider going forward, and you wonder if this is coming into play with other teams as well, are teams starting to think about the fact that the salary cap for 2021 may be much less than initially expected because of a loss of revenues due to COVID-19 and the potential of not having open stadiums because the salary cap is always tied to revenue. Now you've obviously got a huge chunk coming in from television and that's going to allow you to keep things going, but you might be losing most, if not all of your in-stadium revenues this year. If you're playing without fans, there was a piece yesterday I can't remember where it was, but it was suggested that the salary cap could be $40 million less in 2021 than initially projected. Over the cap projects the 2021 cap to be at at $215 million, so $40 million less than that would be $175 million. Now, the Broncos, 
According to Over the Cap, they got $159 million in commitments for 2021 already. Now they can kind of massage that and change some things and create some space. But I wonder if teams now are thinking about how that cap might look next year unless some things are altered in terms of how they work with the cap over the next couple of years and are saying, boy, oh boy, we may not want to take this on right now because we, we may need to create cap space. We may need to have breathing room if the cap takes a dive in 2021. Yeah, I mean, that, that would be something else. If, uh, man, if there's not a salary cap there or if the salary cap decreases, which is very much a reality and some teams are going to be in some big time trouble. All right, May, speaking of contracts and money, JT Post 6 says, if Judy and KJ both hit, do you see the Broncos giving Sutton wide receiver one money at the end of his rookie contract? Ooh. Which would be after 2021. Yes. Wow. I think some of that depends on how Drew Locke comes along. Because right. if Drew Locke fares well and you're facing giving him a big contract heading into, say, 2023, then you might not have a lot of flexibility there. I also think how everything ends up looking in terms of revenues. You get TV contracts coming up in the years beyond, which should help out the NFL, but everything's uncertain right now. So I would say that in this climate, if, if KJ Hamler and Jerry Judy are both big time receivers, there is a possibility the Broncos don't give Cortland Sutton what he would want, which would be wide receiver one money. Yeah, uh, I just uh, – I can't see – if Cortland turns into this player, I can't see the Broncos letting him walk. And John Elway in the past has paid two wide receivers number one money with Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. He paid them big money. And now the question is, if there, you have three of those guys on your team, obviously you probably don't keep all three, but I, mm-hmm. I don't see the Broncos letting the first one walk. I think if Cortland turns out to be that guy, they'll sign him up and, and hopefully say – at that point, well, we don't have to sign Jerry Judy until, what, 2025? So maybe those contracts will kind of even themselves out in the end. Potentially. The other thing to consider also is with Jerry Judy, if he proves he can be a wide receiver one, then is it sort of redundant? And you're also looking at other needs on the roster. Do you say, well, we have a wide receiver in the, one in the wings in Jerry Judy who has that ability – do we and he's under team control cost control through the 2024 season because that would be the fifth year option for him do you say okay that money could be better spent elsewhere there's there's so many factors to consider zach that you can't really get a good grasp on it except to say that yeah it is in the realm of possibility yeah 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 it it certainly is in the realm of possibility Aristo Pratt, here's a tandem of first segment ideas, one for the preseason and one for the postseason. I've enjoyed this, but I think it would be 75 times better with the DNV Army. I'd like to collect all professional analytics predictions of the Broncos and go over them. I will re- then reflect on their accuracy by going over them once more after all is said and done. Then we can crown the analysts that correctly predict the Broncos' playoff spot quality playoff spot and quality season and put the gamers on the chopping block such as adam rank from last season 
I'm sorry, I'm giving someone a chore if this goes through. Take care, boys. Yeah, maybe we'll start just writing those, writing those predictions down. Yeah, you just got to keep track of them because you have some that uh, are going to be in articles that are easy to find and others that are going to put out on social media like Nick Wright of FS1 did there, the one that we were all commenting about last night, <laughs> the 3-13 and 13 projection. Ugh. I mean, come on. How? Like you said, Mace, even if Drew Locke doesn't pan out, which touch on wood, I don't think that'll happen. But even if he doesn't, this defense is too good to only win three games. It really is. Well, Nick Wright's a Chiefs fan. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So maybe it reflects some deep-seated fear that Drew Locke is going to be the way, the truth, and the light for the Denver Broncos. Yes. Yes. And you just try to deny, deny, deny. Mm. <laughs> but one thing you guys can't deny is the Colorado Raptors and the great coverage that we've got going on at ddnvr.com. Our guy Colton Strickler is covering the Colorado Raptors and he's doing a fantastic job, not only covering the Raptors and telling us everything we know need to know about the Raptors, but he's teaching us the game of rugby, putting out basic 101 pods to break down the game for us. And guys, there's never been a better time to learn a new sport. Get behind a new team than our team over in Glendale right now with the Colorado Raptors. So make sure to follow DNVR Raptors on Twitter. Go to thednvr.com. Check out the Colorado Raptors coverage on there and follow Colton Strickler on Twitter as well. I love what Colton's doing over there and I love the Raptors coverage. So make sure to check him out. And make sure you also check out the World Golf Tour, WGT Golf. It's not only the most popular golf game in the world, it's also the official gaming partner of dnvr you can download wgt and join the dnvr clubhouse by going to dnvrgolf.com wgt golf it is the most realistic free golf game loved and played by more than 20 million around the world you can play on any of your devices i've got it on my iphone and my ipad i prefer the ipad version with that big screen that just makes sure to sort of help my swing out a little bit you can Talk about your most memorable recent course, match, or shot played by one of the hosts. There's many ways to play. You can play closest to the hole or full stroke play on some amazing world-renowned golf courses, including Beth Page Black, St. Andrews, Pebble Beach, my personal favorite, the Ocean Course at Kiowa Island, which is going to host the PGA Championship, hopefully, coming up here next year compete head-to-head with players and members from our dnvr community from around the world in tournaments we're going to organize another tournament here really soon and you can get the top golf experience anywhere with the top golf game mode play all on all your favorite mobile devices in the web and even as you go along with the game you can upgrade your equipment so if you like playing with callaway ping titleist TaylorMade, it's all right there for you and you will see better scores better play from you with better equipment so go to dnvrgolf.com download wgt golf today you'll have some fun with it all right let's get back to the listeners triad bronco says hey y'all wednesday life hack incorporate more high fiber foods into your diet such as beans broccoli cauliflower etc this will equip you with the ammo you need to ensure other people will keep proper distancing when you have to go to a grocery store run i'll see myself out god bless well one thing about social distancing that can be good is that for example if i go into the radio studio and for an afternoon radio show i do i alternate days with my co-host eric goodman of being in the studio so i can go and have beans with my lunch beforehand 
but because I'm in the studio by myself or I'm in the office by myself when I'm doing it remotely, no one's the wiser. I'm not offending anybody. I think you have a good point there, Triad Bronco. <laughs> so we and got it know, all. <laughs> and, there, and by the way, Triad Bronco knows a lot about those great barbecue restaurants in North Carolina, and there, a lot of them have some really good beans. So if we're able to make the DNBR group trip around North Carolina, the barbecue marathon the day before Broncos, Panthers, you know what? We're going to have the beans. Better hope it's a nice day because we're going to have to open the windows. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Sir James Radio says, Yesterday was a pod with RK complaining how Drew Locke is being slept on, then proceeds to sleep on Twix. Once again, showing why I'm promo code Zach guy. There we go, Sir James Radio. I kid. Book him on, RK. You're better than that. Also, left Twix or riot. Now on to Jersey Challenge day number 22 on the Philadelphia Eagles. There's a lot of great options on the roster, but I wonder if we'll be the same across the board because I'm going with Philly Will Will Parks. Great guy. And if it wasn't with Denver, I'm happy he gets to play for his hometown team. Yeah, with Philly Will there, there's really only one choice I can make <laughs> because there are a few guys that I've covered over the years that I enjoyed interacting with and talking with and getting to know more than Philly Will himself. Yeah. So that is, that's an obvious choice. Of course, he has changed numbers, 34 in Denver, 28 with the Philadelphia Eagles. Love it. And uh, the, I'll, ju I'll just change it up to be different. Philly Will is a fantastic pick there, especially playing for the hometown team. Totally agree with you, Sir James Radio. Um, I'm going to go Jalen Hurts. Who knows what he's going to be, but what we do know is he's going to be a quarterback, and you don't draft a quarterback in the second round to just sit forever. Who knows? Maybe he has a Brock Osweiler type role. Maybe he jumps Carson once at some point, but I'll go with my Alabama guy, Jalen Hurts. Kyan Ronigsberg, guys, I just saw Nick Wright's predictions for all AFC teams. I know better not to pay attention to these so-called journalists, but I must say something about this. Guys, he had the Broncos going 3-13 and and last in the division. He has the Dolphins going 9-7, and and they were the worst team in the league last year. All of a sudden, non-healthy Tua makes them a playoff contender. He has the Browns going 11-5. and five. I mean, the Browns. No offense, Zach. And the worst part is that he has the Raiders going 10-6. and six. This is an absolute blasphemy in Steve Smith's voice. I just don't see the Raiders as a winning team. I'm not even trying to be a hater. They're just not a good team right now. At least the Chargers have a respectful roster and weapons on both sides of the ball. What do the Raiders have that we don't have or more? This brings me to this question. In what position groups, offense or defense, are the Raiders clearly better than the Broncos. Sorry for the rant, Jance. Gents, pardon me. Very grateful for the content. Okay, mate, so let's quickly go through this. Quarterback, would you rather have Derek Carr or Drew Locke? Well, it's also Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota. Okay, okay. Yep, yep, yep. You're right, you're right. Or Jeff Driscoll with Drew Locke. Ah, uh, man. I'd rather have the starter, Drew Locke. <laughs> I'd rather have what the Raiders have as a backup. But because... The backup is far less likely to play, of course, and uh, now it's 50-50. You'll need the backup at some point in the year, but hopefully for not long. You got to go with what you like in the room. I'm going with the fact that I like Drew Locke better uh, than, than Derek Carr. 
So I'm going with the Broncos. Now, a lot of people outside of Denver, I'm sure, will disagree with me on that. I'm but going. we've seen it with Drew Locke. Yep, I'm going the Broncos as well. All right, wide receivers, easy. Give me Denver. Okay, but what's interesting here is that you've got Nelson Aguilar, Tyrell Williams. You drafted the speed guy in Henry Ruggs. You have Hunter Renfro, who I think is going to be the perfect slot receiver for them. And then they also drafted uh, Brian Edwards there in the third round out of South Carolina. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad group, but I love the Broncos group. So are you taking the Raiders? I'm calling it a push. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. It's okay. a push because it's a push in that we don't know. Now, actually, you know what? I'm gonna afraid I'm gonna change that. Because the wide receiver one for the Broncos is better than the wide receiver one for the Raiders. So I'm going with the Broncos. Hey, all right, all right. Uh tight end. Okay. I like very much Noah Fanton's potential, but I've got to go with a group that's Darren Waller, Jason Witten, Foster Moreau. I gotta go with the Raiders here. Yeah, I mean, for this year, I think you got to go with the Raiders. I agree with you there. Offensive line. All right, left to right for the Raiders right now, looking at Colton Miller, Richie Incognito, Rodney Hudson, Gabe Jackson, and Trent Brown. With, frankly, Zach, with the questions about Garrett Bowles, and he's he's competing with Elijah Wilkinson, with the injury questions about Jawan James, I got to go with the Raiders O-line. Yeah, I'm going Raiders offensive line as well, exactly for the the questions on the outside at left and right tackle. Even though Colton Miller isn't great, Rodney Hudson's a good center, and Trent Brown's a really good right tackle. He's a beast of a man. And then to round out this, running back, who do you have? Of course, they've got a first-round pick. Uh, The Broncos also have a first-round pick. Yeah, the Raiders right now, the Our Lads depth chart has them going Josh Jacobs, Devontae Booker, Lynn Bowden out of Kentucky. I got to go with the Broncos. 2,000-yard rushers, Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay. Yep, I agree That's as well. an easy choice. And, and I like Josh Jacobs, but the, the, two, right. the two that the Broncos have is better than just one there. So on offense, what do we have, Mace? We have the Raiders better at tight end and offensive line, and we're giving the edge to the Broncos at quarterback, running back, and wide receiver. So Broncos right. up 3-2. And I can see how some outside are going to disagree with us on the quarterback. I mean, I do think the Raiders have better depth at quarterback, but I don't like – but I like – Drew Locke, and I think Drew Locke by the end of the season is at least where Derek Carr is. And given that Locke is younger, you'd give him the edge because he has upside. Now on the defensive side, the Raiders are a 4-3, the Broncos are a 3-4, so we're going to attack this a little differently. Interior defensive line, which is the Broncos' entire defensive line. Of course, Raiders are starting Maurice Hurst and Malik Collins with P.J. Hall and Jonathan Hankins coming off the bench. Ooh, you got Shelby Harris and Jarrell Casey. Give those guys to me. Yeah, Casey tips the scales toward the Broncos. Edge rushers. Starters are Max Crosby and Cleveland Farrell in Las Vegas. Carl Nassib and Arden Key backing up for the Broncos, of course. You got Vaughn Miller. You got Bradley Chubb. You have Jerry Atachu coming off the bench. Also, Malik Reed there in the mix. Like the Broncos, depth-wise, like the Broncos starters better. Give me Denver on the edge. Easy, agree. All right. Linebackers. Corey Littleton, Nicholas Morrow, and Nick Kwiatkowski are the starters at linebacker for the Raiders, of course. People connected the Broncos to Kwiatkowski because of the Bears' connection with Vic Fangio. Broncos didn't pursue him. 
Broncos got Alexander Johnson and Todd Davis uh, with Justin Stranod, Joe Jones, and Joseph Jewell for depth. Mm, I got to go the slight edge to the Raiders here. Yep, I agree. Totally agree. Cornerbacks, let's go four deep. Uh, Raiders start, their top two are Trayvon Mullen and Damon Arnett, the rookie out of Ohio State. Current backups, Prince Amukamara and Nick Nelson. Broncos starting A.J. Boye and Bryce Callahan. The next two were projecting to be Michael Ojemudia and Devontae Bosby. Got to go with the Broncos here because A.J. Boye is the best of the bunch. And really, I like Boye and Callahan if they're both healthy. Yeah, and that's where this all comes down to, to me. If healthy, I take the Broncos group. And I guess we're assuming he's healthy now, so Broncos. Right. Safeties. Demarius Randall, Jonathan Abram, current starters for Oakland. I love, love Jonathan Abram. Uh, if he's healthy, he's going to be a beast for them. But the Broncos have two beasts. Yep. Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson. Easy call. Give me Denver. Yep, give me Denver as well. Mace, that makes four to one Broncos on the defensive side of the ball. That gives seven to three for the whole team. So Broncos, 70% better, I guess. <laughs> we did it. Not quite 75. Not bad either. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Thanks for the question, Kyan Romansberg. Appreciate it. Pig tosser, 66. Usually, you guys brighten my dates, but today you pissed me off. Glad I was listening to Pop while working out. Because listening to those Raider deep bags got me fired up. Didn't think anything could add to Raider week, but now I will be thinking about these chumps. Won't say his name. <laughs> Refer to him as the Broncos quarterback. Their girlfriends must be wanting to hang out on Drew's Manscaped <laughs> lawn. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Damn. Oh, man, Pick Tosser 66. I'm happy that you brought the heat there. I love it. Am I right or am I really? I don't know if I'm sliding in under the clock or not. Just wanted to let RK know that you do not have to be ordained to officiate a wedding in the state of Colorado. I only know this because I myself officiated my brother's wedding in Morrison in 2015. Well, we'll have to let Ryan know that. And I actually thought that that was the case. Yeah, I didn't think you needed to be in Colorado, but thanks for thanks for backing me up there, Am I Right or Amarillo. Well, yeah, you don't have to be ordained, but you, can you still be like a notary public? Do you still need something like that, or can just anybody officiate? I think it's anybody. So you don't have to, to have your notary license then? I don't think so. Interesting. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe uh, Amorite or Amarillo can provide us with those details. Yep. The other Ryan, and of course, as I do that, I shrink. I, I click something and I shrunk the comments. Now I'm back. The other Ryan, <laughs> folks, happy hump day. I have a beef to, pick, beef to pick with RK. First, he espouses the virtues of the vilest of candy bars, the waxy white chocolate Hershey's cookies and cream bar concoction. And he has the, uh, the audacity to impugn the goodness of the Twix bar. Heresy, I tell you. I do agree with Mace about peanut butter Twix being phenomenal. I can usually find it at Walgreens locations in the Denver metro area. The Twix bar that I miss most is the Java version. I have not seen it since 08 or 09. It was delectable. Well, damn, I should have been looking because a couple of days ago I had to go to Walgreens pick up a prescription. Mm, man, that sounds, for then. that sounds good. Oh, not good. Another, <laughs> another trivia question for you all today. Who are the only Broncos quarterbacks to win at Kansas City in December? Hint, the 1994 game is somewhat of a trick question. I will post the answer in tomorrow's moment, comments per Mason's suggestion slash request. Thanks for reading my comment. You guys are the best. Until tomorrow, take care. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to take my stab at it. And other Ryan, tell me if I'm right in the comments section for tomorrow. Are we talking about 
Hugh Millen from 1994, and then Kyle Orton and Peyton Manning would be the other two? Oh, uh, well, yeah, I'm going to go Hugh Millen, Kyle Orton, and Peyton Manning. Because <laughs> we know Gary Kubiak <laughs> won one in uh, January, right? John Elway won in January. Oh, it was John Elway. Okay. Yeah, Gary Kubiak was the offensive coordinator when John Elway won in January. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're mm-hmm. right. You're right. All right. Well, let us know if uh, we, or Mace, is right the other, Ryan. The Danimal. Good morning, everyone. I have a take on the national media's Drew Locke opinion. I'd make a long-term bet on if anyone is game. I've heard a lot of comparisons regarding Drew, and a number of them use the term poor man's. He's a poor man's Josh Allen. He's Mahomes without the athleticism, etc. The disrespectful truth is he is going to be in Mahomes' shadow until we win a Super Bowl due to our division rival's success. We could beat KC three times this year, including knocking them out of the conference championship by absolute beatdown. But unless we go win the Super Bowl, it doesn't matter. The narrative would be Locke didn't accomplish what Mahomes accomplished. Unless KC regresses to the mean next year after, after contracts and a quarterback breaking the bank start to weigh them down and we have sustained success against them, Drew will always be an afterthought until he has a ring, which I'm okay with because I like Drew when he's counted out. Here's to Drew and Phil revenge tour when this offense starts clicking. Have a great one and sorry for the typos. I'm working from a broken iPhone, Danimal. Love the idea of the revenge tour because you know what? Broncos had a revenge tour a long time ago. Yep. Led to Super Bowl 32. Yep, they, they certainly did. Moving on to Avs Wash 22. Hey, guys, I'd like to try to sneak my comment in here so it'll be a short one today. I'd like to clarify <laughs> yesterday's comment by saying, I'll be equally as thrilled as you guys if Jerry Judy beats A.J. Brown's 57 to 58 receptions and 1,051 yards. I just think he's better than a 900-yard Five touchdown receiver, even alongside Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant, and Albert Ochocinco. Albert Okawebenom. I've tried to get his name right. I'm, I feel like I'm doing pretty well with it. And now yeah, we know yeah. Prince Amukamara is officially a Las Vegas Raider. I'm very confident our offense is going to likely make more catches. They have Prince Damon Arnett, who they overdrafted, and Amik Robertson. Which AFC West team's defense do you think the Broncos' offense has the best chance to run all over and own the field? I'll take it one step further. Which team's defense on our schedule outside of the AFC West do you think the Broncos' offense has the best chance to dominate? I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins, although even the Jets are about to sign Logan Ryan. I'm not a believer in their team at all, even the sneaky good secondary. I think the Broncos win that Thursday night game handily, 31-17. You heard it here first. They're not losing to the freaking Adam Gase-led Jets. All right, guys, it's enough out of me. Sorry to run a little longer here. I've been trying to make the effort to shorten the comments up, but it's hard to shorten when anyone presents information. I appreciate the discourse that you guys and the lounge have given me. Thank you guys for all your work through these strange times. Go DMVR and go Broncos. <laughs> I love you, Abs. Watch. It's, it's so funny when people start off their comments saying it's going to be a short one, and it's a long one, but we love you, Abs. Watch. Um, all right, all right. Let's take a look. Mace, who is going to be the worst defense the Broncos face? Ooh. Falcons? Yeah, I'm I'm nervous about where they stand defensively. I think the Broncos could light the Falcons up. So wait, why are you nervous about that? No, oh, we're nervous for them. Oh, nervous for the Falcons. <laughs> Not nervous for the Broncos. I also I also don't uh, don't see Kansas City have a great a great defense. I think it'll be all right, but not great. But right now, I'd say the Falcons are the ones that the Broncos could light up. And in the division, you go KC. 
yeah, I'd still go Casey. Yeah, I, I, I would as well. Next one from JC Rossby. Oh, one dudes. I don't comment often, but I feel like I won the commentary lottery with my comment about golf being talked about for the last two days. My question today is with all the well-deserved hate being thrown toward the national media's direction lately, I'm really curious who your favorite member of the national media is. Who do you genuinely not mind listening to and why do you like them? They can't live. They, they can't have any bit of Denver bias. Mark Schlereth, Woody Page, Shannon Sharp, etc. Well, I really—they're not like... football guys for me. Who are they? Uh, on tennis, John McEnroe. On college basketball, Jay Billis. Mm. They're one and one A. I could listen to those two talk about anything. <laughs> yeah, and and I kind of uh, agree with you. And I, I'll go. They talk about everything, and that's that's Dan Patrick. I just absolutely love uh, what he brings, and not actually just with sports. I love how he's not afraid to go outside the lines and talk about other things. And like we say about that show. Uh, they just do such a good job of making it just feeling like you're hanging out with your friends. And that's kind of what we want this show to be as well. Yep. Speaking of hanging out, sometimes when you're hanging out, you're having drinks. <laughs> Tayer Tot Tom says, hi, what are your top five beverages? <laughs> are we going alcoholic or no? Let's just go anything, alcohol, non-alcohol. I'll tell you what. The whole Megillah. My favorite drink in my lifetime is probably Orangina. Mace, have you ever had one? No. It was created in French Algeria in 1936. I did not know that off the top of my head. It's it's like a, uh, a sparkling orange juice, but it has some other citric in it. Oh, it's so, so good. I actually found it when I was uh, in elementary school in Belgium uh, it, for, for a trip to visit some family members out there. Mm. It is the best. If you ever see it, they occasionally have it at Trader Joe's and a few other places. If you ever see it, you got to snatch one up. It's my favorite drink ever. All right. So what are your other top five beverages then? Man, I don't even, I don't even know. I'm trying to think of non-alcoholic and I, I don't, I don't really drink soda, but cream soda is pretty hard to beat in terms of the soda game. Okay. Big fan of coconut water water okay. i mean pretty much any liquid i put in is gonna be water okay if it's not a tasty breck brew okay well um i here's my top five there's a couple of alcoholic beverages in there but a couple but three non-alcoholic beverages i've got a moscow mule mm. sweetened iced tea Although I have diet sweet and iced tea for every day. Mountain Dew Zero Sugar. Just a plain Jane can of Coca-Cola. <laughs> Although if I can get the bottle of Mexican Coke, that's, that's the bomb right there mm. with the real sugar. Mm. And JK's Scrumpy Hard Cider. <laughs> that's my I top five. I love, now, what flavor is JK's Scrumpy Hard Cider? Uh, it's just regular cider. It's like an apple cider? Okay, yeah. nice. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that, that sounds really good. Another one, this will, uh, you know, really go along with my cotton candy and bubblegum ice cream. Just a, a childhood one, Shirley Temple, Roy Rogers, can't go wrong with either mm. of those. Haven't had one in forever, but mm, grenadine is about as good 
as it comes. I love me some grenadine. And I'll speaking as of good as good as it comes. Denver Rubber Company provides the most reliable uh, anything you need with rubber. They are the most reliable local partner for your long-term, short-term projects. Denver Rubber Company can do it all from bulk orders to specific things that you need done. They can do it. And guys, they've been open this entire time because they are an essential business and they're helping out in every industry right now, such as medical, military defense, government, wind energy, and the food and beverage industries. So be sure to call them for anything that you may need. Heck, maybe we still have some snow and you need a snow plow. Make sure to call them at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash dnvr. That is Denver Rubber Company. Mace, we made it over hump day. And look at us. We're having a ball doing it. Having a ball every day. <laughs> you know, if this isn't the best two hours of our work day, we're doing it wrong. I totally agree. So totally it's agree. a pleasure talking with you, Zach. And I'm sure we'll, we'll get RK uh, back here uh, from his assignment very soon. But it's a pleasure rolling with you, my friend. Oh, it's, it's always a pleasure rolling with you, Mace. And it's a pleasure rolling with you guys. I'm so honored every single day that you listen to us and roll with us and leave your comments uh, and just have so much fun with us. So for Andrew Mason, I'm Zach Stevens. Chiming off Wednesday. We will see you tomorrow. Have a great day. Dear sports fans, elevate your game to the next level with a Toyota truck. Drive the crowd favorite Tacoma. This versatile playmaker is ready to own the weekend. Choose the tailgating MVP, the Toyota Tundra. This is one vehicle that comes up clutch. Or ride in the adventurous 4Runner, a true champion on and off the road. Whichever truck you choose, you're getting a real winner. Come join the team of champions, Toyota Trucks. Visit Toyota.com to learn more or check out your local Toyota dealership today. Toyota, let's go places.